Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. You can feel the change. It's slight, but it's there. The vaccine rollout continues with more than half of the eligible people in Ontario receiving their first dose and the second is coming soon. Then, earlier this week, the shutdown ended. There are still lots of restrictions, but it is a step in the right direction. Finally, there is the reopening plan. It is the roadmap to restarting the Ontario economy. After more than a year of uncertainty, the new reality is ever so guardedly coming into focus. Today's show is about two more indicators that things are on the move. The first is a story about Victoria Beach in Coburg. For more than a year, the beach has hotly been debated. Should it be open? Should it be closed? Is there a compromise? And don't forget the protesters last summer after Council closed the beach for the entire season. Council recently decided to partially open the beach this summer. Starting this week, people can now use Victoria Beach on weekdays, but it will be closed on the weekends. In an interview with the politician responsible for Parks and Recreations, you will hear how Council came to this decision. You will also hear the details of how it will all work. Plus, you will hear about Council's additional plans to open up pop-up vendors along the waterfront. I'm so pleased to have with me today Coburg Councillor Emily Chorley, the politician responsible for Parks and Recreation. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Victoria Beach is such a controversial subject, and there is so much information floating around about what's going on. Now, there's been a lot of public debate, and Council has moved forward carefully. So let's start with the very basics. As of this week, what is the current status of Victoria Beach? Well, Rob, as of May 31st, Victoria Park Beach is open on weekdays, and it will be closed on weekends. There is also a limit of 1,200 people, which is being set by council, and that will be enforced by our bylaw enforcement team, also with the support of the Coburg Police if necessary. So if there were to be crowding, if there were to be over 1,200 people on the beach during the weekdays, then our bylaw team could come and close the gates and just allow people to leave, but they wouldn't allow any more access. Um, so that really is the situation at the moment. So if... I- I wish to use the beach. I live here in Coburg. I wish to use the beach. How would I do this? Well, you could come down on a weekday. There would be um, no need for advanced booking. Uh, We would just ask that you do some screening, some health screening. If you have any symptoms of COVID-19, please stay at home. We encourage everyone, physical distancing is a must. And that's a requirement set by the province. In order to access our outdoor recreational amenities, and that includes the beach, you must observe physical distancing. And also the province has set um, a rule in their regulations. 
You can have gatherings with up to five individuals from outside your household, so long as physical distancing is being observed. Now, when I get down to the beach, what's it going to look like? At the moment, the beach does have fencing around it, so it will look similar to the way it looked last year. There's three large gates in place. At the moment, the center gate is really your entry point, and then there's two exit points on either end of the beach. Um, so the gates will be left open during the week. They will be closed on a Friday evening, and it will be reopened early on a Monday morning. Now, I understand there's a limit on the number. I think you mentioned 1,200. How is that going to be regulated? Will there be people there that I'll have to go through and will count me, or will there be somebody, or is it just anybody can go in? Well, upon the advice of town staff, this will be regulated by the bylaw enforcement team. So they will be doing spot checks. There will be um, a good bylaw presence down on the beach, um, but it won't be a situation where we have staff who are at the gates all the time. It will really be about spot checks, a bylaw presence with the bylaw team. Um, we will not be hiring additional staff to really uh, uh, be at the gates and to, to use any kind of counters. This will really be a, an estimate um, of 1,200 people. And if bylaw team feels not only that 1,200 people have been exceeded, if they feel that there are individuals who are not adhering to the rules, who are not physically distancing or having large gatherings, that's another situation where essentially council has delegated authority to the bylaw enforcement team to close the beach if necessary. So how does, how does the control then take place if it's only being spot checked and how often are people going to be going down? I mean, you know, crowd estimation is always a difficult thing. I mean, you talk to any police officer or anybody that's done anything with large crowds, say, figuring out how many people are actually in a place is rather a difficult thing. So how are you going to ensure that we keep our numbers uh, uh, accurate? And also at the same time, uh, that if it does get out of hand, you know, people aren't going to be upset. Plus, I mean, there's always going to be the coming and going of people. So how does that all work? It, it just seems a little bit confusing, maybe for some. Um, what I've been informed of is that uh, it's certainly the aim of the administration to have a bylaw enforcement presence down at the beach at all times. I believe they're working towards that. So um, I think it will come with experience. I think this will be a learning experience to a certain degree, um, but council has also asked that Victoria Park Beach is added to council committee of the whole agenda. So our meeting agenda is going through the summer so that we can receive regular updates from staff and make sure that there's a level of oversight to understand if things are working well or if changes need to be made. What is the rationale for closing the beach on weekends and holidays? What are you hoping to prevent? Very simply, we're hoping to prevent crowding. And this is really based on the advice of health professionals of, um, in particular, I've been looking at the advice of Ontario's COVID-19 science advisory table, and they're very clear on that. They say that um, engaging in outdoor activities is a good thing. It should be encouraged as long as physical distancing is observed, but they do warn that um, we must avoid crowding. Crowding is, is um, not acceptable this year. And from past experience, we know that our beach can be extremely busy on weekends. 
and also from witnessing the experience of other beach communities or waterfront communities. Last year in the summer, many of those communities were completely overwhelmed with visitors to a point where the situation wasn't manageable. So that's the scenario we're really looking to avoid. How do you manage then, say for example, we're not gonna have it open on the weekends, but then people deciding to come to the beach during the week um, and, and we'll, we'll just have the same thing occur, but rather than on the weekends, it'll shift now people coming down and, and knowing that our beach is open on weekdays and, and we could experience the same thing. How, how are you planning to manage that? This is really where that delegation of authority to the bylaw enforcement team was so important. And this was a recommendation brought before council from our staff. And um, I think that's a very key component of the current plan. If at any point those rules are not observed, if physical distancing is not taking place, if there's large gatherings, if the numbers start to get too high, the bylaw enforcement team can step in with the support of the Coburg Police Services if necessary and close the beach. How does limiting the opening uh, during the week address concerns about local usage? Well, what kind of concerns about local usage, Rob? Well, I, I know if you look at the survey results and you follow social media at all or listen to public debate, there's often people that'll say beach should be used for local people. That's who it should be mostly for and not people from away. So I, I guess, you know, there are people that think that way. So I guess what I'm asking you is, is how does this system enhance or support that idea that it should be used for local people? I think it's very important that residents across Ontario make use of the amenities in their area. So they make use of beaches or outdoor amenities that are close to home. So this is not a season for encouraging tourism in any way. Um, but at the same time, the administration, our town staff did not recommend bringing um, forward any kind of uh, locals only access. And there are very specific reasons for that. So a locals only approach um, was not recommended really when you think about the human rights perspective, uh, the need to uphold mobility rights, the need for everyone to have an opportunity to access public spaces regardless of where they reside. Noting, I think it's very important to note that the Ontario Human Rights Act protects all Ontarians from discrimination based on place of origin. Also, the town has embarked on an equity, diversity and inclusion strategy uh, we've joined the Coalition of Inclusive Municipalities, and we did receive advice from the town CAO during our discussion on this issue. She said, and her name is Tracy Vaughn, she said, we feel it would be contrary to the steps we've taken in that journey towards equity, diversity, and inclusion. There's also some logistical problems with having a local locals-only approach. The idea that we would need to ask for identification at the gate is very problematic. Some individuals may not have the necessary identification. And also we don't wanna create an unnecessary burden for residents to be able to access their local public spaces. So um, the other consideration is that it would be a very costly approach to have uh, a system where identification would need to be checked, would require at least six to eight staff to be hired to stand at the gates and check identification. So it becomes a very, um, uh, heavy administration heavy kind of approach and one that could be become quite costly for the municipality. I think this approach that council has decided upon having the beach open during the weekdays is really designed 
to allow our residents to make use of this beautiful part of our waterfront, um, but also mitigating the risk of being overwhelmed with visitors on the weekend. How did you come up with a limit on the number of people? Where did that number come from? Why is it not more or why is it not less? Well, the number was uh, brought to us through, uh, it was staff advice and it's quite a conservative number. So when you consider the size of our beach, and this is important in making this decision, we really need to think about the features of our beach. You know, we, it's not that we can necessarily um, implement some of the approaches that other beach communities um, have chosen to pursue. Thinking about our beach, we've got a beach that is half a kilometer long in total, it's about 38,000 square meters. So it's quite large. Um, the capacity has been worked out so that there is lots and lots of room for physical distancing. And again, that's based on that advice from Ontario's COVID-19 science advisory table that physical distancing is essential to making sure that when we use our outdoor spaces, we're doing it in a way that is safe and that is gonna be very low risk in terms of the chances of COVID-19 spreading um, on the beach. So when you work it out, it's actually about 32 meters squared per person. We know that people tend to cluster towards the water's edge. So um, the, the 1200 has, is really a starting point and we'll see how it works out and certainly monitor the situation going forward. People come in and go at the beach. How, how is this going to be managed? Uh, you mentioned a, a little bit, but maybe we could talk a bit about a about it a bit more. People, you know, they go to use amenities or whatever. So are they going to be able to return and, and how does that aspect of it work? Yes, I believe for the most part, people will be able to come and go as they please. They'll be able to, to enter the beach and they'll be able to leave and use washroom facilities if they need to. Um, I should note that there are two portable toilets that have been placed right on the beach itself. And this is in the scenario where the bylaw enforcement team would need to come and close the gates, there would still be washroom facilities available for the people who are already on the beach. So really, the you know, movement on and off the beach would only be limited if that 1200 capacity was reached and the gates had to be closed and then people would be allowed to leave in their own timing. What about lifeguards? The decision regarding lifeguards was made much earlier in the year. So that was made at the point when council was deliberating the 2021 budget. And that was uh, finalized in February this year. The, there will be no lifeguards on the beach this year. And that was purely a cost saving measure. And this is where, uh, you know, there's another element to the challenge of this pandemic for municipalities and that's the financial implications. So last year we saw um, a $1.9 million loss of revenue to the municipality, a loss of user fees because of the pandemic. And going into this year's budget, council knew that we really needed to run a very tight budget. We knew that again, there would be a loss of revenue. And so this was cut, it's about $100,000 as a cost saving measure, but I'm hoping that in, uh, in future seasons, uh, when we are able that that service will return. There is clear signage on the beach and it's important for everyone to note that there are no lifeguards and at the moment it is used at your own risk. There was a lot of consultation that happened prior to this decision, both formal and informal. What were the results of this process and what were the conclusions? 
Well, the most important consultation which took place was um, the beach survey, which was issued by the town in February this year. And there was a question related to the pandemic in that survey. The question was, um, if the pandemic were to continue into this summer, what level of public access to Victoria Park Beach would you consider appropriate? And it was notable that the option that council has decided upon, which is a partial opening weekdays only, that was the most popular choice. 30% of respondents supported that option. And that survey had the most number of responses of any uh, survey that the town has conducted, well over 1,400 responses. So I think it's very valuable feedback that we've heard from the community. There were many discussions internally with staff, you know, asking what's viable, what is going to be workable, considering the geographic um, features of our beach, the fact that there are so many approaches to the beach. Um, all of these things had to be considered and carefully thought through. And uh, I think it's um, been a real collaboration between council and staff to navigate our way through these challenging times. If I recall correctly, though, that question that you mentioned in the survey, the difference between the open on the weekdays and closed on the weekends, completely closed and completely open, were actually very, very close together. In fact, it was in the about the 20s and the high teens, it really wasn't a huge majority said one thing or a huge majority said another. Am I recalling that correctly? Yes, you're absolutely right. And I think looking at the results of the survey, it's fair to say that the community is fairly divided, um, fairly polarized around this issue. So 30% of respondents supported the partial opening, weekdays only, 24% supported no public access, a full closure and fencing, so which would be the same as last summer, 21% uh, put forward their own ideas or their own suggestions. So there was a variety of comments in, the, in that category. 17% 17, 17%, uh, supported the beach being open full-time with, with numbers monitored and limited. And only 8% supported the idea of having the beach open full-time, but with household pods roped off. And that's, uh, that's an approach some beaches have taken. So with that in mind then, in that context, why is this a good decision by council if it's so divisive, it's so fragmented, and the numbers were close? Not the same, but close. I think I think this is a decision I can only speak for myself. And there were a variety of views on council. Ultimately, I can I can say that I supported this approach because I felt that it was taking into account the feedback that we've received from the public. But I also feel that it's very closely in line with again that advice from Ontario's COVID-19 science advisory table, which is emphasizing that actually we need to encourage the use of outdoor spaces to support mental health, to support our wider physical well-being, that managing the pandemic isn't just about preventing the spread of COVID-19, it's about supporting our overall health and well-being, but that crowds are not a good thing this year. We need to avoid crowds we need to make sure that physical distancing is taking place. And for me, this is a balanced and proportionate response to the situation that we're facing. The majority of respondents to that survey were seniors, 60, 60 years and up. Younger people and those with family uh, barely kept up in terms of the numbers. I think if you totaled up everything from somebody who was 20 to the 59, I think even in total, they, they barely made it to the same number of seniors 
over 60 that responded. How much weight did council put into this survey as being representative of the wishes of residents? I mean, does it really reflect the town? I know it was a record setting response, but is it really reflecting the wishes of, of the general population? Well, I think we have to do the best that we can with the information that we have. And I would say that families have been excellent at engaging council, not necessarily always through formal surveys, but directly through phone calls and through emails. I received many emails from local families. I heard from many parents who are expressing the need for their children to be able to get outside, to play in the sand, to build a sand castle. Um, the, I've heard from parents about the effects of having school closures and homeschooling and that social isolation for children is a major factor in this decision. And I think this is where having a diverse council is really beneficial for the decision-making process. Many members of council have young children at home. I'm one of them. I can see the impact that the pandemic has had on my children. So um, it's hard to say really how much weight is placed on uh, various different types of feedback that we receive from citizens. But I really feel that council listened to all of the citizens who took the time to share their views. And I wanna thank citizens for doing that because that engagement is really positive. We've had a really good democratic process and a healthy discussion, and we've heard a variety of perspectives, but ultimately local leaders need to just synthesize the scientific advice that we're receiving the feedback that we are receiving from citizens and make a decision as best we can with the information that we have at that time. Most of the survey results were aimed at passive uses for the beach, walking, sitting, reading, chatting. The more active uses like swimming or volleyball or tossing a football and stuff like that, they were not as popular. And in the comment sections, there was almost a, a negativity by people against people who are using the beach actively. Now you pair this with the demographic information in the survey, and it almost seems like the beach is not a family-friendly place. Is that a fair assessment or is that a misreading of the results? I think the beach is very much a family-friendly place. And some of those passive activities are activities that children enjoy. So again, just building a sandcastle. I mean, these activities are important. They're important during a pandemic as well because um, developmentally, the challenges faced by families in particular and for children, just to be able to get outside, to have that sense of normalcy, to support their mental health, um, to get sunshine. Sunshine's important for health as well. So I don't see the beach as being um, um, restricted to any particular demographic. I think one of the beauties with our waterfront is that there's something for everyone. We've got a splash pad, we have playground equipment, there's something for everyone along our waterfront. And that's really an important principle that I think I will continue to promote. I, I know this is a bit awkward, but I, I wanna ask it anyways, the washrooms and the porta potties, not always a pleasant topic, but what about cleaning these and the meeting health regulations to prevent the spread of pandemic virus? Absolutely, and the town's emergency control group has been looking at those requirements very carefully and making sure that there's very frequent cleaning of porta potties and of washrooms. I believe the washroom block at Victoria Park is cleaned hourly and the porta potties are cleaned at least twice a day, possibly more. So um, these are really important steps, really important logistical details that have been handled quite well by the town's emergency control group. 
The beach became a focal point for protests last summer, and over the winter, those protesters moved to Victoria Hall. But lately, we have witnessed these opponents to the lockdown protest in Victoria Park. Uh, has there been any thought given by Council about the beach turning back into a venue for protesters again this summer? And what is Council prepared to do? Well, this isn't really something for Council to do. This is something that the police services have really uh, led the response on this issue, and they have been upholding the provincial regulations. That's simply what we need to do. Um, people do have a right to protest, but we also have to make sure that the provincial regulations regarding gatherings and distancing are adhered to. And that's where the Coburg Police will step in if necessary and make sure that those regulations are upheld. I'd like to talk for a moment about the pop-up food vendors because it sort of ties in with the beach as well. Now, Council has cancelled Canada Day and a lot of other festivals due to the pandemic thinking. I'm thinking now especially of the Rib Fest event that's put on by the Rotary Club. But you also put a lot of resources into controlling crowds like at the farmer's market and things like that. But then you've gone and created this pop-up food vendor uh, initiative it, 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 that is something that draws people to common areas to eat at these pop-ups. Ribfest and pop-ups sound like they're the same kind of thing. Can you tell us how these things are different and why this initiative will not end up being a draw on municipal resources in terms of crowd control and similar public health requirements? That's a great question. I'm, I'm really excited about the pop-up patio project because this is about supporting our local businesses. It's also about reinventing the way we socialize, moving our socializations outside into public spaces where the setup will clearly allow for physical distancing, where there will be a limit on the numbers within that designated area. So this is about providing space for restaurants within the town of Coburg to be able to um, continue to operate. And we know that in the first phase, uh, in the early phases of the province's reopening plan, it's gonna be outdoors. Not every restaurant has patio space. So we wanna support our local businesses. We wanna make sure it's done in a way that is gonna be safe for residents. And we wanna make sure that people can be outside, that they can enjoy our waterfront in a way that is safe and managed with regulations. Ribfest is a big event. It's an event that draws a big crowd. Um, and I think that will need to be considered carefully going forward at the moment. It's not scheduled to take place. Crowds, again, are not acceptable this year, but the pop-up patio project is gonna be on a much smaller scale in two locations and um, always adhering to the provincial regulations. Over the past number of years, the town has spent large sums of money to promote Coburg as a tourism destination. How much damage do you think is being done to all these efforts to close and regulate access to the beach? Will the town be able to recover? I think the town will recover and I think the same challenges faced really for every small town across Ontario. Um, I would say that the promotion of Coburg's beach, it really doesn't need to be promoted. That form of tourism, I think tourism is, this, is something that needs to be reviewed and discussed and reconsidered. What is our tourism strategy? And in many ways, this is where the pandemic provides us with an opportunity, an opportunity to take a pause, take a step back and really evaluate 
What is our tourism strategy going to be going forward? How do we support our local businesses? How do we not just simply draw individuals to the beach, which is naturally popular and not necessarily giving us a large economic return? So um, I'm hoping that we will have those conversations and form a fresh strategy coming out and into the, the pandemic recovery phase. Will the town be able to recover? Certainly that would be my aim and we will work towards it. Um, but we really just need to get through the next few months, continue with the vaccination program, make sure that we're getting outside, staying healthy, keeping our physical distance and adhering to those limits on gatherings at the moment, no more than five people. What's next? You've alluded to the fact that council will be getting regular reports. Uh, could you just expand a little bit about that and then explain how we'll be going forward over the next weeks and months? I think this is a really important oversight step for council to take. It's This has been added to council's agenda. So really every committee, the whole meeting, council will be receiving a verbal update from the deputy director of community services. Council received their first update at the meeting on May 31st. And this is an opportunity for council to really hear how are things working on the beach? What kind of numbers are we seeing? How many times did bylaw need to step in and close the beach? Are there any problems arising? Does staff need more resources to address those problems? So um, this is really acknowledging that we will be monitoring the situation and addressing any issues as they arise. Councillor Emily Chorley, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me, Rob. It's a pleasure. That was my interview with Councillor Emily Chorley, the Coordinator of Parks and Recreation for the Town of Coburg. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.